If you'll open it up to the book of Mark. And we're going to go to chapter 4. So Mark chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 21. Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 21. All right. He said to, the, he said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much today for your word, that it's alive, that it's active for us today, and that we can apply it to our lives and use it to... Uh, Reproof ourselves and draw closer to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We started last week on, a, I guess, kind of a series of Jesus the Storyteller. And we're going to be traveling through the book of Mark over the next few weeks. And we're going to be talking about some of his different parables and how we can apply them to our lives today. You know, I love parables. I love to hear it. You know, we, we, we described last week what a parable is. And a parable is just basically an illustrative story that he used to get the point across. You know, I like to use those too with my kids and stuff. Not necessarily for Bible teaching, but when you're trying to teach your kids anything or share anything, an illustration is a good way to get the point across. So Jesus always or, or regularly liked to take stories and use illustrations that applied to the people that he was speaking to for them to better understand the concept or the idea he was trying to get across to them. Um, it's a great way to do things. And today, we're going to talk about this wonderful parable called A Lamp on a Stand. And I love this message. It's a simple message, but it's a message that we need to hear and that we need to remind ourselves of regularly. You see, God has given me, I know for sure, and you guys, an amazing gift. He's given us an awesome gift. A wonderful gift. Alright, you got a story here of somebody having a candle, a lamp, and he says, do you take a candle, you take a lamp and bring it into your room and stick it under a bowl or stick it under your bed to where it's not useful. You see, and we look at this light and, and many of us in, look at this story and we see the light, we think of ourselves and how we're the light of the world, you know, we're a light, we're a city on a hill. But really we're talking about the amazing gift that he gave us, him as the light in our lives. So he gives us this wonderful illuminating light, this, this amazing gift, and this gift is Jesus Christ. And this is, this is a simplistic message today, this is a reminder message today, this is a refresher but this wonderful gift he gives called Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ giving us a wonderful gift as a pardon of our own shortcomings. Romans 3.23-24 tells us that he gave us a pardon for our own shortcomings. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God 
and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So He gave us a wonderful gift of, of a pardon for shortcomings. He gave us further His gift by a reconciliation to the Father. And I'm going to move through these kind of quick so we can get on to the point of the message. A reconciliation to the Father. God removed a barrier between Him and us through Jesus Christ. Now we've talked a lot over the last few months about the barrier that was put in place through the original sin and how Jesus opened up that gap and restored that relationship and offers a pathway to get back to the Father in relationship with Him. He created a reconciliation to the Father. 2 Corinthians 5.19 tells us God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And because He gave us a pardon for our sins and our own shortcomings, and He's reconciled the relationship to the Father, through all of that, we all know and need to remind ourselves daily that we have the opportunity to spend an eternity with Him. To those who remain in Him, they will receive eternity, eternal life in Him. 1 John 2, 24-25 See that you have heard from the beginning remains in you. See that what you have heard in the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised, even, promised us even eternal life. And i got to ask you guys, these three simple concepts that I'm giving you here right now, this, the, the pardon, the reconciliation to the Father, and the opportunity for eternity in heaven and in His kingdom. Do you believe this? I have to ask you, do you believe this? Do you really believe this? Because I work around a lot of people that don't have faith. I work around a lot of people that, that are not church people or don't have any background in Christianity. And to tell this story to them, sometimes it's kind of like, really? I mean, this is seems a little bit out there. You know, of course, we rely on the Holy Spirit to help illuminate it in their lives to where they can take action and receive it. But do you really believe this? Do you have a story about it? Do you have a do you, do you can you recall the story of where you went from darkness to being receiving the light of Jesus Christ in your life and getting your pardon? your reconciliation to the Father, and your opportunity for eternity in heaven. Can you remember your story? Because we've all received a gift, and we have a story about it. And what I'm talking about is your testimony. How many of you guys have a testimony in here? I have a testimony. I remember when I was a little kid and I got saved. I remember falling away from God, and I really remember when I really took it serious as an adult and said, this is where I'm going, and this is what I believe, and this is where I'm going to stand, and I'm going to hold firm best I can. You guys got a story like that in your life? I want you guys to, to uh, watch this story on YouTube. Um, if you have never watched any of the I Am Second videos, you should really take some time and watch them. They're very interesting. They'll have different celebrities or just normal Joes. But um, I want you to listen to this guy's story. And as you listen to his story, I want you to kind of think about and recall your story.
My story is everybody's story. It's the story of how everybody's chasing something. From uh, junior high on, uh, motorcycles and racing motocross and uh, doing the motorcycle thing was what I was about. And I didn't just live to race on the weekends. It was uh, Monday through Friday at the motorcycle shop and just kind of who I was and what my life was going to be about was just uh, being in motorcycle business. I always consider myself a, a good moral person because my family and I, we, we grew up uh, with a religious background, going to church each week and uh, you know right and wrong. And, and then you stop and think that, you know, church really didn't connect. I mean, it was there, but uh, it's almost like they spoke a different language. We were racing down in um, what's called Arena Cross. It's just this smaller venue where uh, the tracks was real tight, and I uh, went over the over and under bridge, and the bike fell on my leg and just literally snapped my leg. They pull you off the track, and then you're laying in a hospital and waiting surgery and all those other things, and. Uh, you know, surgery turns into nine months in a cast, and so you have a lot of time to reflect, and you just have a lot of time to stop and think, and uh, is this what it's all about? On a Friday night, a young lady that I had uh, dated in high school a little bit showed up at my doorstep and, and uh, began to talk to me about the bigger picture, about what life means and beyond what uh, this life has to hold. She said, you know, if your life ended right now, if you died right now, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven, be with God? And I thought I had the answer. And then she began to talk to me about Christ and who Jesus was and how he came so that we wouldn't have religion, but we would have a relationship. And for the first time, things began to, to make sense. They, they began to connect. I just opened my heart and life up to him. And I realized that, that he had given me something that uh, all my ambition, all my drive, all my hopes, all my dreams, uh, all of that stuff, just it just came came together like he had never done before. And he changed my heart and he changed my life and my desires. And I'm really glad that she came, knocked on my door. I'm Jerry Zuka. You know, I, I um, we all got a story, and it's good for us to remember and know our story. You know, whether it's I was a five-year-old little kid, and I remember walking up there and taking salvation or, or surrendering to Christ, or if it was 
I was rock bottom in a mess, and I was in jail. You know, you guys have heard the people that just got the real, I call more extreme, like conversion experiences where they just had to like get drugged across the cheese grater and like thrown into there's no hope for this person to receive Christ. But we have to remember our stories because you got to recall the point when you received that gift, when you received that light. And that light and that gift that you received, it shouldn't be hidden. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be put on a shelf somewhere to enjoy by yourself. It's something that needs to be, be carried with you. It should be worn out in front of us. See, who we are in Christ and the salvation that we've received and the relationship that we have with Him and that we're growing with Him and that we're nurturing with Him, this relationship, it's going to change you if you wear it out in front. It's going to make a difference in you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help control the way you live your life because you're going to want to live your life for Him. You're going to want to live your life in His leading and in His direction. You know, and one of the biggest ways that He's going to lead us when we're living with His light out in front and living a life that's a relationship with Him is we're going to live our lives knowing and understanding that eternity is at stake. You guys know what I mean? For this world, for everybody on this planet right now, eternity is at stake. But unfortunately today, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, most believers don't live a life where they're saying eternity is at stake. There's more living a life where they're conducting themselves closer to what the world is doing. You know what I mean? Dave Wilkerson preached the message years ago. And I don't know if you know who Dave Wilkerson is. He wrote a book called The Cross and the Switchblade. Guy was dimanic. He wrote, or he preached the message called Call to Anguish, a Call to Pain. And that was one of the things is he said, you know, the church has let the world overtake it, and the world's not out trying to take the world anymore, you know. So we're living our lives, and we're living it closer to what the world has instead of living our life with eternity in mind. We need to live with eternity in mind. You see, the single thing, the single thing that most people find unbelievable is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then they go out, go on living life by another lifestyle. That's our famous philosopher Kevin Max from DC Talks said that back in the 90s. But he's right. We should be living our lives constantly knowing and understanding that God is watching, that the world is watching, and people should know that we are Christians by our actions. We should be ready to share our gifts, and we should be living our gifts daily. We shouldn't be hiding it under a bowl. We shouldn't be hiding it under the bed. We should be putting it out where all can see. So does your life reflect Christ, or is it hidden under your bed? A young boy years ago went to New York City where he visited the big, a big cathedral there. And when he returned, his Sunday school teacher asked him what he liked about the cathedral. And this is what this kid said. He said, the stained glass windows picturing the saints of the Bible. You guys know this kind of church, right? We've all been to a church like that, stained glass. 
He says, man, my favorite thing was the stained glass window feature that had the pictures of the saints on it. And the teacher asked the boy, what do you think a saint is? To which this little boy replied after he thought for a moment. He said, a saint is a person that the light shines through. Is that not true this morning? Is that not true every day? Our light should be, our, our God's light should be shining through us. Our gift should be worn out in front so people can see and know that there's something different about who we are. God didn't give Jesus Christ to an exclusive group. He didn't give it to the inside these four, four walls group of people. You know, we talked about unity last week of the church, but He gave Christ so that anybody who would call out on Him could be saved. And we should be deeply, deeply worried and concerned about the lost in this world. You know, people are going to hell in droves. It's true. On average today, 151,600 people will die every day this year. 151,600. So every, what is that, three, every four days, I guess? Every four days, the state of Wyoming dies in this world. Of those 151,600 people that die every day, how many of those people are dying without Christ, without knowing Christ, without being given the opportunity to receive Christ? How many? I don't know. I couldn't find that statistic. But I do know this much. One's too many. And it's way higher than that. We should hurt for these people. We should cry over the lost. We should pray over the lost. Our worry for the lost should overwhelm us into action, into living a Christian life, into sharing our faith, into being a part of kingdom works, into being a part of missions works, whatever we're doing to help advance His kingdom, into sharing our faith with those around us. We share our story of salvation. Your story, just like that guy, could impact somebody. We gotta know what we believe. Sorry, I, I, I'm on cough medicine, so I can take a note and then I walk away and I forgot it like that. Isn't that terrible? That's the way it goes someday. Grow in your faith and understanding of God. That way you have your story and you can answer questions and you can share Christ and you can share your faith with those that you're around and be bold to share it. You know, I was talking with my boss this week. Not my work boss, but my like passion work boss. And we were talking about that, you know. And many of us today, you know, you want to go share your faith with somebody. You know, you want to go walk up to somebody and like say, you know, this is my story, Jesus loves you. And you want them to like receive it and take it off. You know, and if you don't, or if they're like, leave me alone, religious weirdo. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, then we feel like we've been rejected and it freaks us out. But it's kind of like my boss was saying this week. He said, you know, a lot of that is just you're, you're a seed planter. He's like, and seed planters are not necessarily fruit pickers. You know, you're, you're planting seeds. The average American today takes seven encounters and sharings with Christ before they receive Christ or decide to make a decision. You could be one of those seven. We have to share to those of us that live and share our faith as we wrap up, 
this parable. It says, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. To those who live and share their faith, to those who wear it out in front, to take the light, take the light and put it up on a lampstand instead of putting it on our bed, God promises more. He asks that we utilize who we are and what we have to advance His kingdom. He really does. To those who teach, they will understand more. To those who reach, more will be saved. To those who are who give are blessed to give more. To those who serve are given more time to serve. You know, we got to remember how important it is. Uh, it's ironic that John decided to show that video that he did at the beginning of service from Francis Chan, but we do spend so much of our life on this rope where this rope starts here and it's eternity there and it's got this little red spot right here. We spend our whole life concerned about this little red spot on this rope instead of worrying about what's after the red spot. And we don't think about everybody else's unread spot on there. You know, we're worried about the here and now. But I got to tell you, even in my own life, as I watch family members get older and family members, you know, start to have health issues from their age and things like that, that I wonder, like, am I doing enough to just share with them? You know what I mean? So they have a really solid opportunity to decide for themselves, you know, or is there something that I forgot? We have to remember to share our faith, to live our faith and show our faith and know our faith. He's asked us to do it. 